Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do have a question about something you said earlier in response to Jeff's question. You said that there's arbitration that's already been won by whom and when? And uh, by the president's personal attorneys, and for details on that, I would refer you to them. But you're aware of them, so what can more can you share with us? I can share that uh, that the arbitration was won in the president's favor, and I would refer you to the president's outside counsel on any details beyond that. Did she have a sexual relationship with the president? Yes. For a long time, the White House had said that the president denies this, that he had no knowledge of anything his lawyer was doing on his behalf when it comes to Stormy Daniels. You think the president knew about it? There's no question the president knew about it at the time. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about David Dennison. Wait, who? Yes, that's the pseudonym for the man more commonly known as Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Today, I want to jump right into the show. We've been following the Stormy Daniels story for a long time, and there have been some new developments this week. Uh, The most recent sequence of events goes something like this. On Tuesday, Stormy Daniels, a.k.a. Stephanie Clifford, sued the president, alleging that the agreement she signed for hush money in exchange for her silence, is invalid because David Dennison, that's Donald Trump, never signed it. And then yesterday, more news broke that Michael Cohn, who is Donald Trump's personal lawyer or sometimes called his fixer, apparently also his creditor, had issued a restraining order against Stormy Daniels, a.k.a. Stephanie Clifford, in some sort of secret arbitration, which I have a lot of questions about. And to help me sort through some of the questions about these suits is Beth Reinhardt. She's an investigative reporter at The Washington Post who's been tracking this story. Beth, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. So I feel like I just read this suit, and it's kind of fascinating for a lot of reasons. But you get to this kind of metaphysical legal question about whether Donald Trump has a contract with Stormy Daniels. And she, through her new lawyer, Michael Avenatti, who seems definitely a touch of class compared to her old old lawyer, Keith (laughs) Davidson, is saying there's no contract. Donald Trump never signed it with his pseudonym David Dennison or Donald Trump. And he's got a lawyer, Michael Cohn, who's saying he didn't tell Trump about it. He paid for it with his own money. Trump didn't pay him back. The campaign didn't pay him back. So... You know, is it a contract if one of the parties doesn't know the contract exists? 
I guess it's it's kind of like the question if a tree falls in the woods <laughs> <laughs> and no one hears it. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm hearing uh, arguments on both sides, uh, not surprisingly. Um, and uh, not being a lawyer, I'm not sure which one is the most persuasive yet. But um, the new lawyer, Avenatti, argues in the lawsuit that under New York bar rules, a lawyer has to keep his client in the loop on all important matters. And so if Donald Trump didn't know about this, then and, and Michael Cohen is just acting like a rogue agent, that would violate, you know, the ethical, legal requirements of his profession. So that's sort of an interesting argument. And I think to most people who don't live in this strange world of of lawyers and non-disclosure agreements, of course, your your lawyer tells you what, what they're doing and what they're up to. I think that just makes sense. But as you point out, Cohen has been, you know, silent on the question of whether Trump knew, whether he was reimbursed, where exactly the money came from. And those are those are still questions uh, that, that we'll be looking into. So great point, Michael Avenatti, that Michael Cohn, if he is telling the truth, situation almost definitely contrary to fact, but imagine for the moment, if Michael Cohn is telling the truth, he could be disbarred for breaking the rules about how you represent a client. You have to tell your client what you're doing. But say Michael Cohn is not telling the truth. You can't be disbarred for lying in public, assuming Donald Trump did know all about this, which is what everyone knows. He hasn't violated any legal ethical obligation by claiming he didn't tell Donald Trump something he did tell Donald Trump, right? I guess half of Washington would be disbarred if you got <laughs> if you weren't allowed to lie in, in public, right? Um, right, and you know Michael Cohen has has really gone silent. I mean, he's he's. It's about all, time. Yeah, Jesus, perhaps. the guy. Give him a, take his shovel away. Stop yeah, digging. You know exactly. I mean, he he's been known to to call reporters and really give him a piece of of his mind. Um, I don't know what your experience has been in recent days, but he's he's been pretty underground um, when we've tried to reach him. We've tried to go through his lawyers and we have had some success with that. But Michael Cohen is definitely laying low right now, from what I can tell. Well, I have the best kind of relationship with Michael Cohen, which is a non-relationship with Michael <laughs> Cohen. He does not, in fact, call me up and yell at me. But I did most yeah. of my reporting on this story in the fall yeah. of 2016. And we did call him then, I think, but we we didn't get any kind of response yeah. out of him. So, But again, sort of imagine that for – pause it for a moment that Michael Cohen is telling the truth – that he did this kind of on his own. Donald Trump didn't know about it. It wasn't Donald Trump's money. It seems, separate from the question of whether Donald Trump's signature is on that contract, it seems you shouldn't be able to do that. It seems that if I were to make a contract with you that I wasn't going to tell you what I knew about Subject X and Subject X didn't know I was making that contract with you. That doesn't seem like it'd be a valid contract. If I put uh, Jason's my producer here, if I put his name all over this contract and compelled him to do things and he didn't even know about it, that can't be a valid contract, can it? I mean, I think, you know, that's kind of what I said earlier about it not making sense. Um, But I think I've also heard people say, you know, that's why we hire lawyers to do things on our behalf. So, you know, if you had told me this is this is the way Stormy Daniels would try to force this conversation to keep going and keep her name out there, 
uh, through a lawsuit that said this I, because there was no signature. I, I didn't see this coming. I don't know if you did, but Ab- absolutely not. But just to yeah. narrate what happened, it's sort of now clear what did happen. So after this story broke, the Wall Street Journal broke it. Um, those of us who had some some ancillary details added them, and at that point, Stormy Daniels, because Michael Cohen commented and denied it. She said she now felt that she was free to – she felt that the agreement was no longer valid and she was free to speak her mind and she was going to do that. So at right. that point, we knew that. What we didn't know was at that point, Michael Cohn tried to, tried to invoke this binding arbitration – secret arbitration clause right. in the agreement. He took her to an arbitrator and who knew these secret arbitration panels or judges even existed. Maybe you did. I didn't know how no. this worked. But he took her to this. And at the end of, of last week, on, on February 27th, he got a temporary restraining order, which said, no, you cannot say anything about this. And if you and now that they've come out with a contract, if she does uh, violate the, its terms, she is subject not only to having to repay $130,000, but to a million dollar damages Per event, I mean, it's uh, it's extremely draconian. So she has real reason to be to try to be within her legal rights when she does speak, and she's sort of using the lawsuit to answer the restraining order, right? Right, right. I think that that was her answer. And first, she sued, and then her lawyer, you know, went on television from early in the morning to late at night. And so, not only is this going to be hashed out in a court of law, but also in the court of public opinion, so to speak. Um, I mean, they've really thrust it into the public domain. And it was interesting the way White House Secretary uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders did that also yesterday, contributed to that by claiming, you know, victory in the arbitration. Most of the reporters at the briefing, had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> but so by the, her use of the word arbitration, which, as you point out, is this like secret confidential thing most people don't even know it exists. Oh, well, now I know everybody knows it exists because the White House press secretary just said it on live television. And she's acknowledging the part of the arbitration is essential consultants, which is Michael Cohn's Delaware Corporation set up to pay this money to Stormy Daniels. So she is acknowledging in that at the very least, that they're represented by Michael Cohen in this case. And it's a short hop from that to saying, well, all right, what were you paying? Why are you a party to this agreement? You're, you're essentially acknowledging this happened. Right. Now, um, Stormy's lawyer, Michael Avenatti, says the agreement isn't valid, so the arbitration isn't valid. But if you think the agreement is valid, you know, it does say if there's a dispute, then we're going to go to private arbitration. These are the two firms. We're going to work with one of them. And in fact, that's what Cohen did. So if you buy the, his argument that the contract is 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 alive, he does appear to be within his rights to go to arbitration and, and get the restraining order that he was able to get. We're back to the metaphysics. If the contract didn't really exist, then the arbitration didn't, re- <laughs> didn't really happen. It may have right. happened, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. What did, what happened at this arbitration? Is this a did did Michael Cohn go before an arbitrator physically in person? Did Stormy Daniels in her suit? She complains that she didn't get notice of the arbitration. Did she even know there was going to be did she even she and her lawyer have a chance to make their case? before the arbitrator? I and mean, what the hell is that process like? It, it is strange. They claim they were not notified and that just hours later, this 
this temporary restraining order came out, I'm sure they, uh, or I imagine they will have a chance to get back in there. And it is temporary. This isn't a permanent, um, and this isn't the end of it. It isn't, as uh, Michael Avenetti said many times yesterday, this isn't on the merits. So it's only a step in the direction that Michael Cohen wants to go in. But what powers does this sort of arbitration judge have? I mean, this is a this is a private arbitration service, right? I mean, can they assess yes. can they assess penalties and fines? They can't hold you in contempt and send you to jail. What can what can this judge do? I think we're all going to be learning a lot more <laughs> about arbitration in the coming weeks, and that's also uh, you know kind of goes back to what I was saying about how this is this intimate private affair. Uh, non-disclosure agreement meant to silence the parties. In fact, there's some interesting clauses um, in the agreement, like they were never supposed to have any contact with each other. There's a long list of things that she's never allowed to discuss, private information, talk, never talk about his family. Things you know, he this, said about his family. I mean, yeah. it's sort of tantalizing because it yes. suggests that she he told her stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, it's everything is on the down low. And now everything has obviously been burst out into open. And, and part of that or a big part of that is a credit to the journal breaking the story to begin with. But let's just pause for a minute to talk about how crazy it is that there is a secret court and someone can go to it secretly mm-hmm. without even notifying the other side necessarily and right. get a secret restraining order. I mean, it's like the first time someone told me there was a thing called the dark web. I was like, what do you, what's the dark web? They're like, well, right. it's, it's another internet, but it's all secret. And I was like, how do I go there? And they're like, well, it's complicated. How, yeah. It's like there's a whole underground universe parale- uh, paralleling the one yeah. we thought we lived in. Who knew? And it sounds, so many things about it just sound wrong. Well, but in, in a way, it's it's a brilliant strategy on the part of uh, the lawyers for the accused who are increasingly using this process. You know, first, uh, and I'm I'm not suggesting that Stormy Daniels is a is a Me Too victim of you know she never said anything other than that this was not consensual. But in that context, when you have women who um, many in many cases are afraid to come forward with uh, accusations of, of sexual harassment or misconduct. And when they do, um, I'm told that arbitration and these non-disclosure agreements is increasingly becoming uh, the vehicles, the preferred vehicles, because it allows the accuser to continue to keep this under wraps. And, you know, let's face it, the victims in many cases aren't eager to have this whole, all this dirty laundry aired publicly. And uh, so so it's an interesting legal strategy. Is this the same system that, say, Harvey Weinstein might have been using with his victims with whom he signed confidentiality agreements? I mean, is this is is this th- this process why people are so afraid to speak out after they've made an agreement like this, that you can go to one of the one of these arbitrators and get a judgment in secret? Well, I, I think and not not I hadn't written about the Weinstein case and I don't remember exactly the details, but certainly the, a lot of these non-disclosure agreements carry heavy, heavy penalties. And when the uh, the accuser is someone litigious and rich, 
like Harvey Weinstein or Donald Trump, uh, you know, people are are obviously nervous of of getting in a fight with those folks and breaking and violating those agreements. Um, and that's why really those Weinstein stories were so amazing, because in some cases, people did violate those agreements. Um, let's talk about Stormy Daniels for a minute. So, uh, I mean, I, I I did actually speak to her more than once back in 2016. And one of the things that struck me since these revelations have been coming out is how consistent her story has been. So everything that she told me in 2016 was confirmed, although there, with more detail, in this in-touch story that nobody mm-hmm. knew about where she'd given an interview in 2011. And then in this lawsuit now, it's all consistent. Nothing Michael Cohn says seems to be true from minute to minute. And same with <laughs> Donald Trump. But Stormy Daniels, I mean, if you're trying to assess credibility here and who to believe, right. geez, it's it's pretty hard to be that consistent if you're not if you're not going back to basic facts that are true. Plus, I mean, if she was going to make up a tale, I, it, I think it would include a lot more salacious details. I mean, Apparently they they only had sex one time, um, and it sounds like most. I of was a little less clear on that. Can we stop on that point because that is yeah. that was the one point of variance. She now she may not have said this explicitly to me, but okay. she she left me with the impression that they'd had sex four times. And oh. I saw on in the Was in the Washington Post story that it said the only one time. Can you can you well, clear that up for I, us? I, I don't know if I can. I'm, but I I thought that she said. I guess in the in touch interview that it was just the one time. And then the, there are other, uh, times together, sometimes we're in public with other people or over the phone, um, and not really, uh, intimate situations. Well, that might be consistent. I'm not, I mean, she's, she definitely told me she met him these other times, but right. it was not, it may have been left as an implication rather than right. a clear conclusion. Sometimes it's, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, definition of, the definition of is may be relevant. Well, here. That and also, uh, it's really hard, at least for me, to keep everything straight. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, wait, are we talking about Stormy Daniels? Or are we talking about Karen McDougal? Uh, One wait, of the 17 other women he hooked yeah. up with at the Lake Tahoe golf tournament. Right, in right. Yeah. yeah, who's that person's lawyer again? Oh, no, 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 that was 2006? Okay, it's just, you know, it's a lot going on here. So but at this point, Beth... There's no real dispute about him having an affair with her. I mean, he's not even maintaining it. Sarah Huckabee Sanders isn't maintaining it. They're just hanging it on some technical denial. I'm afraid we're going to be pretty quickly back to the point. Of course he did, but nobody cares. Well, I think that also goes to a question I've had, which is $130,000, that's it. But I think what what I've been told is, you know, you get – what the market will bear. And Donald Trump was a known philanderer who had a long list of women accusing him of non-consensual relationships. And at least before he was president of the United States, you know, $130,000 is about what her silence was worth. So I think you're right. I mean, Trump's reputation and, and the way we know he talks about women uh, certainly plays into our our view of of this affair. Yeah, well, you know, one hundred thirty thousand here, one hundred thirty thousand there. It adds up. <laughs> I mean, based on we don't really know much about you know his real net worth. That could be fifty percent of it for all we know. <laughs> and you know, uh, we now know of two situations in which women who claim to have slept with Donald Trump were paid. We don't know that that's the end of it on that point. 
And that's certainly a question that that we'll continue looking at. You know, there was a devastating line in the Washington Post, the other Washington Post story today, describing what happened at this meeting at Lake Tahoe. It's, it describes it as an unremarkable hookup between two people <laughs> in the outer orbits of Hollywood fame. Daniels was the star of adult movies. Trump's reality show, The Apprentice, was slumping. At this Lake Tahoe tournament, the organizers had given him only fifth billing, listing the real estate developer two spots below Ray Romano in their lineup <laughs> of stars. Now, that was just that's just calculated to wound. That's just you're tr- just trying to hurt the guy there. Well, he's president of the United States. He can take it. He can take it. Yeah. You know what gets to him. All right. I've been speaking to Beth Reinhardt of the Washington Post investigative unit. Beth, thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast was produced by Jason DeLeon. You can find us at Twitter at RealTrumpCast. And hey, you know, another show you should be following is Studio 360. I went on the podcast this week with my brother, Joe Weisberg. He's the creator of The Americans. And we had a really good time talking to Kurt Anderson about Trumpcast, about The Americans, about spies, Russia. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. Trumpcast.